Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I hope I can call you friends at this point, right? We're friends. I am your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this is episode number 14, and we are interviewing the cutest, coolest, most fun couple on this episode, Victoria and Steve Michaels, and they go into some really great depth about their surprise home birth story. So before we get to that, I want to go ahead and thank first our reviewer of the week, which is Dula Carla. And this is what she had to say about the show. Loving this podcast, so thoughtfully delivered by Caitlin. Lovely stories, informative topics, and transformative words. Thank you so much, Dula Carla. If you will please email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com. I will be sending you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And remember, guys, if you will review and rate the show, you will be entered to uh, be a reviewer of the week. And that means so much to me and it really is helping us grow this podcast. So please, please, if you would do that, it means the world. The other thing is if you will please stay active on Instagram and send me those screenshots when you are listening to the episodes, I will be sure to give you a shout out and put you in my story. And it's been really fun. That's been a nice little thing we've been doing and getting some interaction that way. Just tag at Happy Home Birth Podcast for any of that. I want to go ahead and thank our sponsors for today as well. We have Dr. Ashley Denoy of Body Works Physical Therapy, as well as Carrie LaChapelle of Hatched Midwifery. Now, Dr. Ashley Denoy is a, she specializes in helping active moms in all stages of life, including pregnancy, move and feel their best to do activities that they love. Dr. Ashley takes a holistic approach to get the bottom of your to the bottom of your issues for lasting results. Whether it's running, yoga, Pilates, lifting, jumping, or playing with your kids, Body Works Physical Therapy will ensure that you are able to keep exercising and enjoying your life without limitation. And her contact information, she has a website, bodyworks-physicaltherapy.com. You can also find her on Instagram at at bodyworks.pt. She's really active on Instagram and uploads a lot of great instructional and tutorial kinds of videos. And the same goes for her Facebook group, Mama Body Works. You can get a really good community there and learn more about physical therapy, core issues, pelvic floor issues. I'm active there and I really love the group. Our next sponsor is Hatched at Home midwife Carrie LaChapelle, who is a licensed midwife CPM of 12 years, and she offers home birth services in the upstate of South Carolina. Carrie provides evidence-based prenatal care, mama-baby family-centered home birth care, including water birth, and mama-baby postpartum care from birth to six weeks and beyond. She also offers extras like beautiful Bangkok belly binding, and she carries a wide variety of wish garden tinctures in her office. Carrie offers a free consultation to see if she's a good fit for your birth, so visit her at Hatched at Home website, which is hatchedathome.com, or you can find her on Facebook at Hatched Midwife Carrie LaChapelle, that's L-A-C-H-A-P-E-L-L-E, or you can just call her at 864-907-6363. And a fun little side note is that 
Victoria in this episode is actually now an apprentice of Carrie's. So it is a small, small world. So with all of that being said, thank you guys so much. And let's jump on into the interview. Victoria and Steve, thank you guys both so much for being on Happy Home Birth. Thank you so much. So I would love for you to, to start off by just introducing yourself to the audience. Okay, um, I'll go first. I'm Victoria. I'm a mom of two. I'm um, a doula, a student midwife, um, a yogi. I enjoy all sorts of um, activities like dancing and um, spending time with friends outside. Um, but yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Well, my name is Steve. I'm Victoria's husband, obviously. I'm a father of two, oddly enough. And um, I am actually a special agent with the Department of Homeland Security. So I'm in law enforcement and been doing that for 15 years. And uh, yeah, I like to work, work out, hang out with Victoria, hang out with my kids. Um, nothing too exciting. Very interesting. So I know that you guys, with your, your story is pretty interesting in that your home birth experience wasn't quite planned. So could you tell me about your first birth? Um, yeah, so my first birth, um, it, you know, I, I had a great birth. Um, I, my biggest regret is that, um, and everyone has different, you know, reasons for, um, getting, um, help and assistance with pain management. But my biggest regret was that I did, um, get an epidural, not because of, um, really being uncomfortable, but just really more because of fear. I got it around eight centimeters, which is pretty close to having a baby. But for me, I was just terrified of what would happen if I felt pain. And I really just wasn't educated about birth. Um, my mom had a natural birth with me and I was like 10 pounds, but I just was like, she's just awesome. And that's not going to work out for me. But um, I, yeah, his birth was great. The prenatal care, I had some issues with that. Um, going over 40 weeks and really that was probably pretty traumatic for me and just knowing that when I when I went into my next birth I was going to own my birth and take care of my body and my baby because you know I felt like I was going to be more empowered this time so that was my goal so I said um, I said into the next birth wanting to go the midwifery route um, and just established a whole different level of care that's what I did with that but he, he was an eight pound three ounce baby great birth everything was well and um just wish I wouldn't have had that epidural <laughs> right and Steve do you have anything to add to that story well I mean I didn't know anything about having a baby um so I I think from then I relied a lot of trust in the medical community to tell me what was right and what was wrong uh, you know, what I remember from that day is uh, Victoria yelling at me for hitting all the bumps on the road in my car. <laughs> and uh, and if everyone ever been to Greenville Memorial Hospital, there's two sets of elevators. I remember hitting the elevator door and of course the elevator, the furthest one away opens up and she's in a wheelchair. And I'm trying to wheel her there and the elevator doors actually close on her in the wheelchair. Oh. <laughs> and she's, she's yelling at me the whole time. Of course, the that was probably my fault. I didn't get there fast enough. And I also remember waiting for the doctor for a long time, which kind of influences how our second birth went because, um, you know, I saw our son's head uh, with just the nurse there. And, uh, and when we waited about two hours for the doctor to show up to finally have the, the baby. Um, oh, wow. And, 
I just thought that was normal. And then I found out with the second child that maybe that's not so normal that the baby, uh, you know, sits in the birth canal for that long a period of time. And I will um, say that with my first child, I did um, ended up with second degree um, tearing. So that was, you know, that was fun. And with my next birth, there was no need for stitches or anything. There was no tearing. So that was an interesting perspective. Um, and also with not knowing much about birth, um, these days you wouldn't find me being wheeled in a uh, wheelchair to the, <laughs> to the sixth floor of the hospital because um, that's just not the most comfortable position for <laughs> For me to be in when I birth. And a lot of that is is my fault, too, because, I mean, I have no frame of reference for birth and thought that that's just what you did. And I think Victoria would always fight me on things like that. I'm like, no, no, you're going to get the wheelchair. I'm going to stick you in here because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And, and I think that's a, a cultural issue that we have here um, because I... I I've experienced many of the same things, you know, people telling me, oh, no, you can't lift that. You're, you know, you're five weeks pregnant. And it's like, no, that's actually totally fine. You can continue living your life. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that that makes sense. And and tell me, how how did you start researching your different options or what made you decide to look into midwifery care? Um, you know, so I honestly, and, and it's a shame that I didn't grow up knowing much about midwifery care. Um, I, and honestly, it was really through word of mouth. I, um, I met a lot of great girls through, um, yoga with my, I've been taking yoga and going to yoga classes for a while now, but I met a lot of moms that were yoga practitioners and they, they had had natural births and they had had um, birth with midwives, and I was very intrigued with that. I, un unfortunately, like I wasn't 100% on as much home birth as I wanted to know then. I knew a little bit about it, and again, you know, we always maybe sometimes have a little bit regrets and things that we do, so I wish I would have had the midwife at home, but I, I, I had heard that there was a birth center in town, and I was interested in having a natural birth because I'm like, if these girls can do it, then I can do it. There's nothing different between them and I. So I thought I'd give it a shot. <laughs> Very nice. And how did that prenatal experience differ for the both of you compared to your first um, pregnancy? Uh, it was, it was night and day. It was so different. Just they, the appointments were longer. They would sit and talk with me. They would answer questions. They didn't make me feel like I was an idiot for asking crazy questions. They were really remarkable. I mean, I just, I really had the best experience. It is, like I said, night and day, even, even little things just as the weight in the office was just dramatically different. I, I loved it. Yeah, for, I would say for me, it's a little bit less of a production line that you'd have at a traditional OB office where you are, you know, just a number really there kind of going in and out. And I thought there was just less pressure on Victoria. If the first, our first son or our son, um, there was such a push to induce. I mean, you know, we're a week out and they're wanting to schedule induction. It just seems to be no reason for that other than. I mean, I don't know, convenience of the doctor or or whatever. And there was that less of a pressure in midwifery care um, where when, 
she did go overdue. There was some talk about the options that would take place, but there was no, you know, you need to get this baby out or you're going to have problems or your child could die if you don't get this baby out, which is what we've heard with our son, with our first child. There's really a lot of scare tactics when you get closer to that due date where we didn't really have that at all with the midwifery care. Well, and, and one of the things I'll just, I, I won't talk too much about his, his birth, but I mentioned a little bit about the prenatal issues. Like one of the things was that, you know, because I didn't go forward and like have like inductions, like we were told that he was going to be a stillborn and we went, we went almost a week scared to death that if we didn't have this induction, we were putting our baby's life at risk. Like, I mean, they had told us that he was going to be um, handicapped. It was, it was very, very traumatic for us. It, it was, yeah. I would not wish that on anyone. To give a little context to the story, when you were, you know, a week overdue, they start monitoring, you know, out of however often, every other day or every couple of days. And, uh, they placed Victoria like in a recliner and stuck the baby monitor on her. And I guess they saw um, decelerations in the heart rate, which concerned them um, and said immediately that she needed to have the baby uh, that day and needed to be induced, needed to be admitted to the hospital. You know, this obviously this is the point where I'm really trusting everyone. I'm trying to convince her this is the right thing to do. Victoria feels that the baby's fine and everything's OK. Mother's intuition. And then, you know, we finally, they finally force her, for lack of a better word, to get him into the hospital. And the specialist comes in and then doesn't see the heart D-cells that they saw at the OB office back there. He sees everything's fine. Could have been about the position that she was sitting in while they were monitoring and then gave her the option to leave. But during that 30 minutes while they're trying to convince Victoria to induce, they, you know, said... Yeah, your baby's gonna be stillborn. Your baby's gonna be handicapped. Your baby, you know, your baby's gonna die if you don't do this now. And they brought in another obstetrician to kind of corner me into this room, and we're just—it it was, yeah, there was no informed consent there. God, that is—it's terrifying. And and as a first-time mother, first-time parents, I mean, oh, those words just strike you to your core. Right. And here I am. And I think I'm like most guys, you know, I grew up what the doctor says you have to listen to, you know, that's, you know, and so I'm caught in this position where I feel like that they have Victoria's best interest in mind. And so, but she's telling me everything's okay. So it was just a horrible position to be in. And that was from my own lack of knowledge, honestly, you know, cause we never took a birth class. I, you know, didn't do anything. I, I had no idea I just, <laughs> what to do. Well, we did take one about how to prepare for having a child, like how to change a diaper. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's <laughs> so a, we learned how to Very change. good. I, I knew how to change a diaper. <laughs> that was not very smart on our <laughs> regard. Now tell me, was there any difference in, in the preparation for baby number two? Did you guys take a childbirth education class or read any books? Okay. So, um, we, we did have, we had a childbirth class scheduled, but we had an issue with the sitter and it was kind of like, um, a weekend long class. And that's a regret that I have of, of canceling that. Cause I think that would have been profoundly different in our, in our birth story, but I did I did end up reading a lot of books. I read Ina May's guide. I uh, read Mindful Birthing, and I actually made like a birth manual for myself as to when I get to the hospital, what to do, and and all these different comfort measures. I did a lot of prenatal yoga, 
I, I would listen to Ina May every time I would walk. I would walk daily, so I would listen to her. I would watch YouTube videos. Ina May talked about watching animals birth, and I was like, that's weird, but I did it anyways because I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'll do anything. Um, so that was, it was a lot of mind preparation. I even did the ice practice. I would hold ice cubes and practice what it would be like to experience pain sensations. And even when I would do my prenatal yoga, I would kind of take a stretch to a point where I would feel sensations and I would hold it there and breathe through it and just kind of in my mind envision that that was, you know, like labor. And those were some of the things I did, but well, Which yeah. I would have taken the childbirth class. <laughs> and, and true to myself, at two weeks out, I decided to, I probably should watch a couple of YouTube videos. on TV. So yeah, that was the extent of my preparation. <laughs> that's awesome. I love the honesty there. <laughs> and that's, that, but that, still, you know, that is a, a whole different level of preparedness than you both had the first time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that it did, um, it did come in handy, my YouTube videos, I think. Yes. And, and <laughs> Well, that's actually, that was my next question. I would love for you guys to just tell me the birth story of your, of your daughter. And I have heard, I I'm looking forward to hearing from both of you, but Victoria has said, Steve, that you are a master at telling the story. So I, we're I, ready. Should I go first or should yeah, we, you guys see my side? Go ahead. So in the afternoon, Victoria was obviously in labor because I remember the last one. So we're, we're walking around the neighborhood and she's having contractions. I'm like, okay, well, today's going to be the day. And uh, even though she was denying that she was in labor, I I knew that she was in labor and uh, early, early stages of labor. Um, And so about that night, I want to say it was um, like nine o'clock at night. I said, Hey, I'm going to lay down and fall asleep because we're going to be up in the middle of the night and we're going to be going to the hospital. So, uh, so I'm going to take a nap because I know I'm not going to sleep for a little while, which I thought was a great idea. So about three in the morning, I hear the water in the tub running. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> and, uh, so I, of course I didn't get up immediately. And then, then I hear her come, Victoria come downstairs and she says, I think the baby, I think I need to go to the hospital. I'm like, okay. Yeah, and let, let me interrupt yeah. that. We yeah. were, um, we had midwifery care, um, and oh, yeah. I oh, wanted sorry. to yeah. deliver um, okay. at a birth center, but he didn't feel comfortable with that idea, which might be typical sometimes. Yeah, so that's <laughs> true. So, yeah. I, um, so, we, we were going through the midwifery care route, but we were going to deliver the, the baby hospital. at the hospital. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, good so clarification. That, that's good. So, I, you know, I had the... Uh, had the bag packed because I knew, you know, this is going to be the day. So I started moving stuff to the car. And uh, our son, who was, how old was he at the time? Three or four? About four. Yeah. About four. So I tried to, I was going to take him, we're going to put him in the car, and I was going to have a friend meet us at the hospital, and he was going to take um, our son. And so as he wakes up in the dead sleep, I wake him up, and he's just screaming. <laughs> and, you know, not awake. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I put him back in the bed. At this point, Victoria's screaming and she's like, oh my God, I'm like, I need to get a hospital now. It hurts so bad. I'm going to die. So I knew from my YouTube videos that, <laughs> that she was at the point of transition. And I'm like, uh-oh, I'm like, this probably isn't good. <laughs> and uh, I, so I call my friend who's supposed to be, I'm like, hey, I got to get her to the hospital. I'm just going to leave our son here. Probably not a great decision. <laughs> I'll leave the I'll leave the door open. Just come on in. It'll be okay. And you and whoever like, else you want. We are not leaving him here. So he was having a moment there, but he wouldn't a, have really done it. Uh, I was, yeah, I was having a bit of a moment. So 
So he starts heading that way. Then I hear Victoria yells, like, I think the head's here. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. So I'm like, well, let me go, let me take a look. So, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. That's definitely the baby's head. I probably need to call, um, you know, EMS. And uh, so, of course, from my earlier experience, I saw the baby's head and we waited two hours. So I'm like, well, we got plenty of time. You know, this is, that's just going to stay there for, for a little bit. And we'll be okay. No big deal. No, she's obviously screaming in pain and, you know, well, not in pain. She's definitely in a lot of discomfort at this point, wanting that baby to come out. I don't recall screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. So I get EMS on the line. They're like, and I'm like, hey, you know, I think the head's here. Well, you sure? I'm like, well, let me go look again. So I look again. I'm like, yeah, it's like the baby's definitely there. And so because of the the noise, I step out of the bathroom and and the guy says, uh, well, you know, you have to go back in and apply pressure with the hand um, to her, her vagina where the head is. And so I walk in the bathroom and then I see head, shoulders, baby just come on out on the bathroom floor. I was like, oh, OK, the, the baby's out at this point. And so I tell them the baby's out. And then she was really quiet, which was scary for me. Didn't make a noise. And then I, uh, you know, I went over with her. And no one told me, like, newborn babies are very slippery, if you don't know this. They're, like, extreme. So I try to pick her up, and, you know, it's like this slippery little thing. And uh, I, I flip her over. You know, I, I have, you know, some, a little bit of training in, in taking care of that. I flip her over. I knew that we had to get fluid out of her. You know, and then uh, I flip her back, and she's just becoming this wonderful pink color. Not a cry out of her, so... I tell the EMS, I'm like, hey, she's not crying, but she's breathing. She's pink. I know she's getting oxygen and just super peaceful. Um, and then we had a bunch of these extra towels. So I get the towels and I wrap our daughter in blankets and uh, yeah, I hand her to Victoria. And Victoria immediately starts nursing her, not a peep out of her. And then, then I'm like, oh, where's EMS exactly? Because we were on the phone for a while. And so... You know, I kind of walk outside here if I see the sirens. And then my friend, who was supposed to watch our son, actually shows up before EMS gets there. And we have a fire station like a minute down Like a minute away. So I don't know. (laughs) This guy was was at the IHOP, I think, uh, finishing up his uh, his stack of pancakes. So he, uh, this guy comes in. So he walks in. And it was the the paramedic, I'm assuming, because the ambulance wasn't there yet. Then he looks at me and he goes, hey, do you work out at my gym? I'm like, yeah, I I think I do. You look familiar, but my wife has an umbilical cord hanging out of her right now and a baby. (laughs) You could just take care of that. (laughs) Yeah, so back up about the umbilical cord. So when the baby comes out, they're like, you need to find a piece of string to tie the cord off. I'm like, okay, you know, it's four in the morning now. I'm like, how do like, I literally don't like string. Well, I don't have any string. So they're like, did you find string yet? I'm like, no. And they're like, well, you can use a shoelace. So I find like the dirtiest pair of like lawn mowing shoes that I have and like pull the shoelace out of it completely unsanitary and go and tie the cord off. And I had no reason, no idea why I was doing this. I, I was like, is this for good luck? I don't know. It's like a square knot. Like, what do I use? So yeah, I tie a cord off this poor dirty shoelace that, that I, I gave her. So yeah, the, the paramedic comes in and then uh, he cuts the cord. And at that point, the, he had not birthed the placenta yet. So at that point, the ambulance shows up. They get Victoria on the stretcher and, and take her out. And then she's in the ambulance. And I take one look at the bathroom. I'm like, well, I can, can't leave this like this for two days. <laughs> so, so 
I immediately like I clean I clean the bathroom. And I'm in the ambulance wondering where's my husband? Like, where is he? So I'm like I'm like like first of all I think I'm gonna throw this bath mat out that wasn't salvageable. And then I clean the bathroom and then get in my car and and drive the meter there at the hospital uh, where everything was fine. And I think that's the the different experience of that was we were we were at the hospital for like two hours and. Victoria's up walking around and we're like, can we just go home? We were just so ready to go home with our first child. I was like, can we stay an extra day? Because <laughs> I just wasn't ready to have right. the baby home. But I think we we wanted her, um, we wanted to go home, you know, and we weren't, well, wasn't too comfortable at the hospital. And um, I guess because she was born at home, the pediatrician thought that um, the hospital pediatrician kind of was like, oh, we need to test her for and keep her for 24 hours because there could be because an infection. Your, because your husband <laughs> used a dirty shoelace to tie the cord off with. I think but the, 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 the ironic thing that I think about, you know, there's so many babies that are born at home and, you know, they're not necessarily tested for infection. So I'm not sure how much that was needed, but I appreciate them, you know, looking out for in case there was, you know, something yeah, and, there. And to be honest, I did very little. Um, I watched her being born, but I didn't really birth my own baby as, as a lot of people think that that I do or was there or was the doctor. All the nurses thought he did. Yeah, all the nurses thought he did. And maybe <laughs> so. I took a little bit of credit for it. But Victoria really just did all the work and I don't really know how she did it. I, I had PTSD for at least six months afterwards, I'd say. <laughs> I would wake up in the middle of the night, like, like remembering when she came down, like saying, I'm having the baby, like, and I would just get a, a sweat. So it, took, it re- honestly took me a while to get over it. And uh, because it was, it was traumatic for me, because here's this, someone, I didn't want her to go to a birth center. I wanted her to go to the hospital. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my worst fear has come true. Now I'm having an unassisted home birth in my master bathroom where apparently I was in charge. <laughs> yes. And, and I, I, you know, if, if I had to have done over again, I, I, I love my experience with having midwifery care. I definitely didn't want to deliver at the hospital. I was not feeling that. And I think because I was so comfortable at home, my my body just went into labor mode and it went into labor mode quick because I was at home and I was comfortable. And if I had it to do over, I would have had a midwife there because I think they're so important just to take care of mom and take care of any complications. You know, we were grateful, beyond grateful that our birth was healthy and that I did well. But, um, you know, it would have been good to have had that person there and especially to have been tucked in my own bed that would have been pretty cool right and for Steve not to have had to clean the bathroom before (laughs) heading to the hospital yeah and one of the um one of the things that really just wasn't fun and the the most difficult part was that I didn't get to deliver my placenta until I was at the hospital so it was probably maybe a good 30 to 45 minutes before I even got my placenta and laying on an ambulance stretcher in an ambulance with all the bumps, it was just, it was pretty yucky. I just did not feel that great. So I wasn't too, too happy about that <laughs> with, with having, you know, still the placenta in me. But I think they were just, you know, really concerned more about maybe bleeding. I'm not 100% sure. Maybe they just didn't feel like they were, they wanted to get me to the hands of the doctors, so, which, you know. Right. It would have been a lot more comfortable to have just birth the placenta at home and been able to climb into your own bed instead of taking a bumpy ride in the ambulance, I suppose. 
Yeah, and, and this is why I think it's just so important just to have um, education and, and have really good support and a good health care provider because it, it makes all the difference in, in your birth. But I, I love I loved how the birth went. I just would have loved to have had a couple more moments. And one of the um, one of the things that was kind of difficult with the birth is just because it happened so quick. Um, you know, I don't I don't really remember as many like I remember. Um, and I'll just touch on this real quick if anyone's interested in birthy things of how do you birth a baby at home. But um, I just remember when it was when I had hit the transition, I think it was just really just time to have that baby. It was a second baby. And I just I really just had it pretty quick. I just remember feeling like I had to poop. So I went to my bathroom and I'm like, oh, gosh, I can't poop on my carpet. So I'll just go poop in my floor and I'm too uncomfortable to get on the toilet. So I just really was in hands and knees. And I I just because I did all that birth prep, I just remember um, some of the things that Ina May had said um, in her videos about, you know, you know, this is in our nature. Um, we're mammals is what we're designed to do. And just remembering, you know, I know this this sounds super, super birth nerdy. So please hang with me. But she kept saying, like, you know, let your monkey do it. And I was thinking, OK, I got to let my monkey do it. And I'm just like, you know, um, just like the mammals before me and the women before me. So I kind of held on to that. And really, it was only like maybe two or three big pushes. And I just remember seeing a head and I'm like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. And I was like, well, I'm not birthing this baby in a car. And I'm not birthing this baby anywhere but in this bathroom. So I pushed her out. And I, I don't really remember too much other than between two pushes I drank like a ton of water and was like I'm doing this and there she was so it was it was a cool birth but yeah would have liked the midwife that there. is such an incredible story I, <laughs> I hope that you can't hear me laughing the whole time throughout it because Steve you do tell it very very well <laughs> it was my worst nightmare come true <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because <laughs> she would have gone to the birth center earlier. Um, and I know, I think many women are afraid of like that they're really not in labor and going to the hospital too early. And I think that was a common thing with Victoria is like, we, you know, even for the first one, we were kind on like, I'm like, the attractions are like, like 20 seconds apart. I'm like, I'm like, this is, or whatever, how close they were. I'm like, even on my app, it said, doesn't say what to do when they're that close together. I'm like, so we need to go. Yeah, we were assuming you're there. I didn't even have a bag packed because I didn't, I was in denial with my second about being in labor. So we were actually arguing about, you know, going to the hospital. And I was like, nope, not going, not going. It's not time. I don't feel ready. So it's kind of comical. At that point, it wasn't comical because I was like, I'm not going right now. So, <laughs> But we look back and there's a lot of fun memories yeah. about and it. And the funny thing is I asked my son, because he, he was there, really. Um, he was he was sleeping in our bed, which is right in, in our master bed bedroom. And uh, and he, he tells the story a lot where he says, well, I heard all these strange noises. And I walk in the bathroom, and uh, and my sister was there. That's his version of what and happened. Then, but he does remember that there were four poops on the floor. That's his oh. big thing. There were four poops. And, <laughs> of course he remembers. And then I said, I said, what's the most traumatic part for you? He's like, well, some man tried to come and get me out of my bed and put me in the car. Oh, no. <laughs> that was your dad. Because we needed to go to the hospital. Sorry about that. So that that's his most traumatic memory is some man who was me. <laughs> trying to 
pick him up and put him in the car. But he um, he would tell everybody that his sister was born in the bathroom, like just random strangers. And he still kind of does, which is funny. So it, even for him to have him there was kind of cool. And I think from if I look at my progression from the first child completely trusting medical community to unassisted home birth. For me, it's been a transformation really about and with Victoria's career and, and learning thing is that you, you, you can do this. It, it, women are absolutely amazing about what they can do. And I think people don't give them enough credit or put trust in themselves enough that this absolutely can happen. And us as husbands need, don't trust our wives' bodies can do that. We're so I was so indoctrinated by TV and what the doctor was telling it. I had a picture in my head about what I thought a birth should be and what the experience was. And it's nowhere even close to what the reality of that is. Um, so I think I've not, I've had more of a birth epiphany maybe than, than Victoria has had about how I see, you know, your wife in pregnancy and in birth. I think it's hard for the hardest part for me and why I say PTSD is when you see someone you love in a lot of pain and in a situation where there's no one to help, it's hard to do because you're certainly an island and there's nothing that you can do. <laughs> like there's nothing I can do for her. I can't push the baby out. I can't do anything. And it's about trusting in your wife or significant other that they're strong enough to handle it and they will handle it. Is that is that has to give you you have to be a little bit vulnerable as a man to say, you know, I'm giving this to her and I can't take this burden for her, but trusting that she can handle the the situation and not that it's a burden, but handle that stress and that experience of childbirth. That's incredible. What a what a great epiphany. Thank you for for sharing that. I I love the way that you put that. Now, Victoria, Steve alluded to it, but could you tell me how that experience kind of shifted your world and the way that you have gone in your career? Yeah, you know, um, honestly, both of them, because some women will ask me, like, well, why are you a, a midwife student or why are you interested in this? And because I experienced not so good prenatal care with my son and those those very traumatic experiences that I had and um, then going through the midwifery route and feeling very empowered and then my body doing what it was designed to do it has been very very profound for me because I I and to be honest like I was not interested in anything birth um, related until I had both my children my first really got me into into talking to women about birth and anyone that would listen, I would talk to them. My second is the one that, that just truly just changed me. I just, I really think that it's important to support women. And, you know, these experiences have just given me really just opened up the world to seeing that, you know, it's so important to have good care. It's so important to, for women to be empowered and know that they can birth where, where they choose as long as, you know, everything's okay with, with them and their baby. But yeah, it's, it's definitely has impacted me and um, I'm, I'm grateful. Um, and I was mentioning about, you know, not interested in anything birth related. And I mean, like it was, I didn't want 
anything. I didn't want a natural birth. I didn't want to breastfeed. I didn't want to do any of those things. And and that was a shame. And I'm I'm so grateful that, you know, my children have changed me and I'm I'm grateful that I can, you know, share these stories with women and, and hear that they're beautiful birth stories and, and, you know, seeing women birth and seeing how strong they are. It's just, it's just been great. So that's kind of why I'm headed into the midwifery field because it's just, it's a great, it's a great place to be, especially with these experiences and the awesome women that's out there that do it all the time and do it with, have lots of home births with more than one, more than two, lots of, lots of home births so they're awesome those are the ones that i'm like bowing down to because they're pretty awesome she just helped someone have a baby this morning actually oh well that's <laughs> so exciting and and you know victoria i just hearing you speak about it i know you're going to just impact so many lives with your practice so thank you for doing what you do and giving more women the option to give birth at home because not all places have midwives available there's definitely a shortage so thank you for for doing what you do. Oh, well, thank you. And, th- and I love this podcast. I, I am grateful that you have this out there for women to listen to, because it's, it's a really, really important tool for them to have. It's, we need to, we need to talk about birth and we need to talk about it in a positive way. So I'm so grateful that you have this awesome podcast. So thank you for bringing it to our community and to women. We uh, are very grateful for it. I, I really appreciate that. And, and, to wrap things up, I actually would really love for you to share your website if if you're willing, um, because it's beautiful. And I think that it could could be very beneficial to anybody who's interested. Well, thank you. That's so sweet. Um, it's um, myfearlessbirth.com. Um, it's, uh, again, myfearlessbirth.com. It's all about um, it's all about being fearless in your birth. So I offer doula services and um, support for women. So thank you. And I think about how you came up with the name. Uh, I thought that's an interesting story. Okay. I'll tell it really quick. Cause I know you got, <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> so I, to learn more about birth, I went to the farm in Tennessee where Ina May had, they had started their midwifery. Well, they had started in California, but where they kind of established their roots, but I was struggling with coming up with a name for what would be my birth business. And I just was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I had asked one of the midwives there, um, you know, we were talking about like your pelvis and the dimensions and, you know, how to, you know, soft tissues versus hard tissues, hard bones. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, what's, what's the one thing that is holding and where women are getting C-sections and where they're not, you know, birthing naturally. And I was like, is it the hard tissues or is it the soft tissues? And she's like, well, it's none of that. She's like, it's, it's fear. She's like, fear is the number one thing that I see that holds women back with having the natural birth. And she talked about, you know, how when a woman feels confident in her surroundings, that is where that she flourishes the most. And, you know, it's good to look at these things, but that was the thing that was fear. And so it was like a kind of a light bulb went off and I was like, you know, that's, that's something I'm going to focus on is trying to help women eliminate their fears and their births and, and have, have their babies wherever it's safe for them to, and wherever the situation um, resides for them. So. That is incredible. I love that. I love the name and the message behind it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. 
Well, thank you, Victoria and Steve, so much for coming on and sharing your story. It was very, very interesting and also really deep, all of the knowledge that you both gained throughout the process. So I really appreciate your willingness to share. Well, thank you so much. There you have it. Episode 14 is in the books. Let's do our episode roundup really quickly. I want to just say that in this episode, the things that really stuck out to me were number one, that knowledge is power. Victoria and Steve's discussion of the birth of their first child centers around this idea. They were truly unaware of their choices and capabilities. So between her first and second birth, they both gained a good amount of knowledge and that certainly came in handy. The second thing is how the body is so intuitive and so intelligent. Even though it was unplanned, Victoria's body was obviously very comfortable at home and she gave birth very beautifully. Her body did it all on its own. The last thing and the one that I find really, really important is midwives are amazing. And both Victoria and Steve agree they both would have been more at ease and comfortable with a midwife present for the birth. Plus, they would have been able to get tucked straight into bed instead of heading to the hospital. Neither one of them were planning an unassisted home birth. That's just the way it happens. And that certainly does, you know, that 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 happens every once in a while. Um, but from my perspective, and I I really believe in women's ability to choose. And if, if a free birth is what you think is best for you, I think everyone should have the option to do that. However, personally, I, I just love midwives and I think it's so nice to have somebody there that truly understands you and, and can have eyes on you if complications were to arise. So I really loved that Victoria brought that up and I'm so grateful that she is training to be a midwife. She's going to really influence and impact a lot of lives. So there you have it, everyone. Episode 14. I hope you enjoyed this one and I will see you next week.